This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 292, recorded on July 12th, 2017. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, a little CES update tonight, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the average guy in the studios. A very cold, very blustery. Dave, I know, like, it's got to be cold in Indianapolis, right? I mean, you guys you, you guys get the weather right after we do. So you want to talk be- about weather? I'm okay. telling you, today was the creepiest, freakiest day I've ever experienced. Really? Did you get some freezing rain or anything? Put my kids on the bus, 57 degrees short sleeves jeans and by 2 p.m it was 37. yeah yeah it was crazy we, we had uh, the other day it uh, it was like 35 in the morning like let's say seven and it started raining and it was raining hard <laughs> and then it, and then the wind came in and it, everything went to ice and yeah. we had so it didn't freezing. It wasn't freezing rain, but it was like wet, freezing everything else after the storm. And it's just such a mess. God, I hate the weather. Why do I live here? Weather. Of course, <laughs> that's it. Post the show with world class show notes each week out at theaverageguy.tv. You can join us live live on our mobile app. Get that done if you're traveling. It's the best way to get the show live on Thursday nights. You can listen to it after the fact there as well. Get easy to subscribe buttons and everything you need is out at the app homegadgetgeeks.com. Just do that from your mobile device. Easiest way. To get that done, we now have a Patreon link if you want to financially support the show. Link's on the front page at theaverageguy.tv or use theaverageguy.tv support. Well, you heard him a little bit earlier. My partner in crime from way back, home server show days, and a ton of other stuff that we used to do together. He is freshly back from CES 2017. And I said, hey, I got an open spot. You want to join me and talk about CES? And he said, yes. Dave, welcome. I don't know if I'm fresh, Jim, but I'm back. <laughs> it's it's a little bit I, it's 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 life altering that CES trip, it right? Is. And I do feel fortunate that I am back without the Las Vegas disease of crud because everybody you see on Twitter talking about it. Richard Hayes got it. Josh Pollard has it. Richard Gunther has it. Everybody's got the crud except me. So I'm obviously the person uh, with the hand gel at CES, and nobody <laughs> I don't know if nobody else brought any, but I did. It's hard to stay healthy there. You're you don't sleep much. You're walking around all day. You do get some steps. Uh, we'll talk about your Fitbit here in a little bit, though. I'm sure you unbox your your Fitbit on the plane, and there's a video out there um, for that as well. But I'm sure you got plenty of steps as you were making your way around Vegas, and it's a good a good way uh, to get it done. Dave, let's start with reset because I think we've mentioned that several times on the show, but haven't had you on to talk about it. Uh, Reset, of course, is your newest podcast. I think you're on episode 15, I want to say, is I think that's what came out today, something like that. Yeah. Last couple, you've covered lighting. I thought you covered that very, very well. You and you and Jose and Kevin, who we had Kevin on last week, talked Wi-Fi extensively. By the way, I think maybe the best overview of where wireless, you know, mesh wireless services today. Wi-Fi is today. You guys did a great job on that. So tell me a little bit. Are you having fun with Reset? Absolutely. And no no dig intended, but invite the right guests and they make it look like a million bucks. And I know you know that, right? It's an yeah. absolute yeah. blast. I'm having more fun with Reset than I think I did for like the last 200 episodes. 
of Home Server Show. Now, that's because I've changed. I changed everything, Jim. I did, I did the nightmare scenario for a podcaster, and that's end a podcast that's successfully going down the road, right? But I wasn't happy, so I needed a change. So I ended it at the meetup. I announced it to everybody. It was a huge, I, I kept it under wraps forever. Only a couple of people knew, including yourself and a couple more people. And you were actually the first one I told. But Reset is doing so good. I mean, we started out a little a little slow, right? So you get you get that new, that honeymoon period. You got to break it in. People have to find you. People have to realize home server show is done. You know, for weeks after I was getting that, what? you know that kind of reaction yep. and we're ramping up to the the like the good place i was at home server show oh, good. and that's with like everybody knows it you know everybody knows my name and reset and i'm getting a couple of people are listening now i'm getting some good mentions you know right before ces stacy higginbotham the iot queen said listen to this episode of the wi-fi right of uh jose yeah, Kevin a good, it was a good episode it was good it's it was a blast. the best best and, one i've heard yet and i was um i'm honest when i say that you know invite good guests and you can have good conversations and that's exactly what happened and we talked for an hour and a half and i didn't mean to i went against one of my reset rules and that's to keep it under one hour and i've been trying to do that actually i love 30 minutes jim I can get her done in 30 minutes and get out and give people a nice, good informational show. I'm happy. <clears throat> and I have been, I know as a podcaster, you get that feeling when you push that show out and it hits Twitter and you see those downloads starting to come in and you've done a good job. You're proud of the show that you just put out. You can, you leave your desk with a hop and a skip in your, in your, you know, in your step, it feels good. And that's the feeling I have regained with reset. I'm having a blast. Good. Well, I, I think you've, you found a sweet spot and, you know, for the longest time we kind of covered the gadget thing and you and I had some conversations kind of over this, uh, you know, about it. And I have not as I've listened to every episode of reset uh, since you did it, listen to some on the plane on the, on the way back from the meetup. And, uh, and, and like I said, have you've really, I mean, lately, uh, loved what you're doing covering, like I said, with the lights, you had Richard Gunther, by the way, God, Richard's a great guest. And if you're, if you're not listening to home on, there's another podcast you should be listening to. That is certainly, that's almost required listening, right? Richard just does such a great job. He had Josh on the other, the other day and those two together are just dynamite. Um, and so you had Richard on talking about the lights. Like I said, Jose coming back with Kevin. Uh, on the Wi-Fi, on Mesh, and, you know, Eero, and Luma, and, you know, even uh, you guys talked about some of the Google stuff. I have the Google on Hub, and I've, I've been wondering, like, should I go buy an extender? And then I, you guys talked about the price, and I'm like, I'm not going to go buy an extender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, working great for my that. home, working great for my home. And, and you've you know, certainly The thing I've done home. is I've complimented Reset with, I know all of my users, and Josh and Richard told me this at uh, CES. They're like, your YouTube channel, Dave, we know you're proud of it. <laughs> You've worked hard on it. We know, Dave. And I'm like, I know, but 
I looked at them like, I've really worked hard on it. Do you watch? And they're like, we don't watch YouTube. I'm like, how can you not watch YouTube? So, but having said that, I've really kind of supplemented uh, the two things together. So what I'm doing is I'm taking a device, I'll unbox it, I'll give a first look, and then I'll get over on reset and we'll we'll dissect it, right? Like uh, what we've done with, we've done uh, Eero and Luma and Orbi. And I'm, I'm gonna push a video out tonight when we're done about, it's my first unboxing after CES. It's my first gear I got at CES. So um, I'm, I, again, having a blast. I love doing the video and I love being cheeky and weird and goofy. And that's where I have an outlet to kind of do those things is behind a camera. And sometimes not necessarily me behind the camera, but the things that I'm doing. Yeah. No, I like it. It's good stuff. I think easy to easy to watch, easy to listen to, good good a good review of it. You're honest on there. It's not too it's not too cheesy, but it's not too stiff either. So if you haven't checked it out yet, um, if you're gonna if you're going to subscribe to Reset, go to McCabe.io. That's everything you need is over there. Dave, I'm assuming your YouTube link is out there as well that uh, folks can get over to the YouTube channel. For probably McCabe. not, but it's YouTube.com slash David McCabe. Okay. Get over there. Get those things subscribed to. Dave's doing some great work. I can, I can definitely tell. Listen, we podcasted for quite a few months, years kind of disengaged <laughs> with the home server stuff. And you know what? We had we had people that listened and we got feedback and it was great. You and I have really haven't had a chance to talk much to my listeners about home server show. I I talked a little bit about it here, but but um it's I, I can really sense for you kind of that like you said that pep in your step is back. And that's great. I'm I'm glad you're getting in there. I'm glad you're getting engaged. I don't. Uh, I really see Reset fitting in well with the rest of it's not another just another tech podcast. You have a different angle. You're going more in depth into some things we're not going to cover here, and uh, and you're gonna you're gonna do you're not going to do some things we're going to cover here, and so just I think it's a great uh, a great addition to the family of podcasts that everybody hangs around here. So Yay, good you. work, yeah, good work, congratulations, great podcast. Like I said, I I your CES one came out today, I think, right this morning. I did. I put it out actually this afternoon. Yeah. So it was, it already hit my podcast player and I'm like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to catch as much as I can on the way home. Right. Kind of hear, uh, kind of hear what you had to say. Um, first 20 minutes or so, you know, one of the things I miss about being with you is CES is all those things that drives people crazy. And that's crappy hotels, walking everywhere, sore back at the end of the day, the creepy crud. But I do kind of, as I was listening to you going there, I do kind of miss it. I mean, you know, I was thinking, why don't we, if we make a push right now, did you know, you know this, Kevin Schoonover met me at CES one year. That's where I met Schoondoggy. Yeah. Yeah. First time. He, yeah. I was like, okay, let's go meet out by the barbecue pit. And uh, he just walks up and I'm like, you're Schoondog? I'm like, I'm Dave McCabe. Nice to meet you. Let's go. Yeah, that's good. That's and good. Year. I took him to some booth and he just took over and I was just like, man, I'm just going to let him roll. It was great. So having friends and folks around you is an absolute blast. And I think that we should make a push to maybe get the band back together. And I'm, I'm talking about like Ian Dixon. If, if Ian starts saving his pennies now, he can get over from the UK over here and we'll have Josh. We'll have Richard. We could have you. 
we could uh maybe we could get pc doc over for a day or two jose ortiz we could just have this big party even schoon you never know yeah you know, you rent a car and that just scares the bejesus out of me in the, in the Vegas area. You know, you were talking about that and there's so much, it's just, it's so, God, it's so big and it's so, I, the show itself, I don't think is as intimidating as just getting around and getting everywhere. Like you stayed, you stayed at Mandalay Bay, which was smart. And oh, uh, I stay in three hotels, Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I'm going to correct you there. The show has become unwieldy. Mm. Jim, I was... Of course, Las Vegas Convention Center, the Sands. I went over, of course, I was at the Wynn a couple of times. The uh, Aria had a CES center called Tech South or something. It, it's nuts. There is too much, and it's spread everywhere. And, of course, it started at Mandalay. So, no, it is it is very unwieldy. However, I, like I said in Reset 15, I rent a car. I stay in the cheap hotel close as possible to what I want to get done. And the first two days is walking to press conferences. And that's easy. And then the, the middle three days, I drive. And I know exactly where I can park and exactly how far the walk is. Or I know exactly the hotel to go to that has the quickest and fastest shuttle bus it's one shuttle bus. There's no stops in between. Drops you right where you want to be. And that's South Hall, the first door. And this is, I have done, Jim, this is, I think, my eighth or ninth year. And I was explaining that on the, yeah. on the podcast as well. Yeah. And there, it's experience. There comes experience with this. You know where to go. You know what time to go. You know how much time to give yourself. Yeah. And you, you know what to take. You know what to carry with you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Except no. I forgot the most important thing that you taught me and bring your ATR twelve hundred. Yeah. I is it that that mic's called the ATR, right? Twenty one hundred, yeah. Twenty one hundred. I completely forgot it. <laughs> Laying in the floor when I got home. I was like, Oh, my overdubbing mic. I forgot it. Yeah, it's um i I kinda miss it. You know, we didn't do you and I didn't do summit this year either. And I had Rich Hay on the show uh right after Summit and he was telling me about it. I was kind of, oh, I probably should have gone. You know, it was those mm -hmm. two events this year in particular was kind of like, ah, darn it. So yeah, I'll, have to, I'll have to rethink up, them. Even though they did get a nice jacket. Um, well, not for the, not for the swag. <laughs> I, I felt like, I felt like Microsoft still, still reaching out to their windows guys, even though we have, it hasn't been the best experience. hasn't been the best turnover. It hasn't, I mean, there's been a lot of things there. Rich kind of changed my mind on it. And, and actually I, I thought for a while, maybe I'd, I'd just jump out of the pool. And no, um, I still want to be in the pool. Gonna, yeah. But I, I, I stand by my decision because it was purely a monetary thing. You know, we as podcasters got fired by Amazon. So I lost a lot of income. And I mean, I lost a lot. I should, I'm the one that should be on the hilltop complaining, but I've just, I've said, that's it, whatever, whatever. And I, Jim, I just simply couldn't afford it. So I did a mass eBay and I, I drummed up about a grand with selling old stuff. And that's what I went to Vegas on. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it, what's done is done. We'll, we'll kind of look for next year. Let's dig in a little bit on CES. Uh, you covered some on your show. So let's, let's say, you know, for those who we want to have them listen to both. Um, so let's, let's see if we can get, if we get some new material from you, but when you think about CES and some of the products that you saw in, let me ask you this question first, what were you hoping to see at CES as you went there? What, what, if you kind of prioritized a few of the concepts or the verticals or the areas, what were you really hoping to see? I really went, sometimes I go for a selfish reason, Jim, I go for myself. I also go, I go to fill my year, right? With gear and equipment to sustain my year. And now that doesn't mean every single podcast, I'm going to have this new gadget sitting in front of me, but you know, it, even if you get six to 10 reviews of physical items, you know, you're doing pretty good. So I go for that. I go for, um, excuse me, uh, the uh, raspberry Belgian lambic is starting to uh, everything goes here. It's speak fine. its tones. <laughs> I've burp picked up uh, <laughs> plenty of times on the podcast. Um, but you also go to catch up with old vendors, right? So you know, I go to talk to Synology. I go to talk to QNAP, and now I am gaining some stature in which I walk up to a booth and they go, Oh, Dave, we're glad to, you know, you made it. You know, some of these, uh, IOT and home automation guys, you know, they know me now. So it's really becoming, I catch up with these guys and then we establish what they have new. We go over the product line. We go over the review process. We say, you know, we establish our year together and, uh, it's really a neat thing when you can talk to companies like Netgear and D-Link, QNAP and Synology and plan out. They're like, Dave, what do you need? I'm like, well, I need this. And then I would like that. And then don't forget Meetup. You know, I, I'm, I'm hitting them. Yeah. I lay the groundwork for the year. So what I went out there for, and I did this last year, my main goal was not the hoopla at the Las Vegas convention center my main goal is to spend time at sands now for folks that don't know the difference the convention center gets the the companies like samsung and lg and dish network and all those guys the sands is uh, a couple of convention halls full of iot 3d printing fitness uh, drones and on the bottom floor it's like there's no windows. It's like a cave and it's packed. I mean, it is packed. It's like cubicle central and it's nothing but it's called Eureka Park and it's country after country of all of their like brand new products. Like it'll have uh, Indiegogo section where everybody who's on Indiegogo goes and shows their thing that you can actually go out and back. And so you can go physically touch that thing that you have backed. I don't have my earbuds here, but I bought a pair of Bluetooth earbuds um, late last year and those guys were there and I went up and I pulled them out of my bag and they're like, yeah, you know, they're looking at me and I'm like, you know, how are you doing? Have you improved it? Here's the problem I'm having. And they're like, yes, we've improved this. They showed me we've improved that. So I really go for that small business you know, startup kind of area. 
and of course, home automation. I mean, I'm huge into home automation, and but that's my main goal, Jim, is keep the relationships going that I've made and establish new relationships with new companies in the direction that I feel that we're going. In, in prior years, it was, you know, spend all day with Synology, spend the other half of the day with QNAP. And that's not the case anymore. Synology was maybe a 15 minute visit. QNAP, the same. It's, you know, hi, how you doing? We're good. Let's talk about our year. Let's get it done. What do you need? Okay, we're, we're on our way. And then I'm off and running and I'm finding something new. So I, I like to establish, create new, and then go find cool things. Cool things that we're going to talk about that I didn't talk about on my podcast, and I've saved for your audience. Yeah, I appreciate it. Let's let's dig in a little bit on those. Let's before we do that, you got you unboxed a Fitbit, uh, which is very appropriate for what we talk about here. You unboxed it on the plane. Uh, I on did the, on the way down there. Uh, used it throughout. Tell me a little bit about it. What have you liked about it? Well, unboxing is my most favorite thing in the world. I almost created a channel called Unboxing Life because I just, that's what I wanted to do. If I got like an, an Amazon box full of toilet paper, I was going to unbox it. But I was walking through the airport and I had forgotten to buy the Fitbit for CES. And I was going to do it and I was going to go back into the fitness and counting calories and all that kind of good stuff. And so I walk by that Best Buy, that big blue box in the airport. And I'm like, hey, I forgot about that thing. You wonder yeah. if anybody actually buys things from yeah. there, but you did. So it works really good. So you can't see the prices. So I'm like, oh, this has got to be jacked up price right here. Got on my phone, got on Amazon, looked at it, 149, right? Got on the Best Buy box, 148.60. I'm like, yeah. So I bought it, took it on the plane. Plane was a four-hour plane ride. I was getting antsy. I had all my gear with me, and I thought, you know what? I'm just gonna shoot this in with no audio. Go slow with my actions on the unboxing. That way, when I get to the hotel room, I can overdub audio and uh, unbox in the air. So, Mile High Club unboxing. I don't know if it's a thing, but I am now a member of. Was there anybody sitting next to you? I mean, was it a little awkward? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of uh, folks heading out to CES, like yeah. uh, we have here in Indianapolis, Klipsch, uh, Energy Speakers, all those guys were partying on the plane. And this dude's, well, the, the guy fell asleep. So obviously my unboxing was not that exciting, but <laughs> got it yeah. done. So, so how have you liked the Fitbit so far? I mean, is that a recommend for, from, you've had a, you've had a, uh, you know, you had a, the band that, uh, that I still yes. have, but yes. uh, now, what do you think? My wife has always been Fitbits and I've been jealous of her ability to share and challenge, yep. and yep. share with friends. It's way better in the Fitbit network than it ever was. Yeah, I've never had that with yeah. the band. Now nope. the band had integration into my fitness pal, which is a great calorie counting program. And, but the the Fitbit software is by far a million times better than the the band software. I literally absolutely hated the band software. It was driving me so crazy. So it's it's a recommend. I mean, I could not recommend it more. There are several different versions of the new Fitbit style. You need to look them up. This is uh, the Surge, I believe. 
and you can get an Alta. The Surge has uh, a heart rate on it. The Alta does not. So you need to be real careful in what you pick. But the cool thing is, is you can buy, they only had the black band. And I was like, oh, I kind of like the blue band, you know. But never fear, you can pop off the black and buy a brand new band and have something uh, to, you know, kind of make it your more your style. If you'd like to get one for every day of the week, you can. And so far, a week into it, I cannot recommend it anymore. It has been fantastic. It's comfortable. And there are a few gotchas, and, but I'll go over those in hopefully a review someday on, sure. uh, on Reset or sure. the YouTube channel. Yeah, no, good. I think good choice. And, um, you know, I think counting steps is a good way to get started uh, from a fitness perspective. And I really do think Fitbit has got it right now. They had some quality problems in the early versions a couple of years back. Not very good. And I've, I had to return a couple of them and eventually get money back on on one of them. And like, well, I'm going to let it slide. The band came out shortly after that. And so we've gone banned. You know, I told you my band for my first band, the band failed. And uh, they, they replaced it under warranty. And, I, and I'm and i really figuring I get another year, right? And then it'll be. Charge. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be done. And then, it is a charge. Okay. I said surge. I think surge is the next. It has a huge, you know, 55 inch OLED. Yeah, you have the skinny on one. The charge has the square, the yeah. more square screen. I certainly yeah, did yeah. not want that. But yeah, the surge. Um, well, I've the band's been working. I'm gonna. I, I mentioned a pre-show. I'm gonna use it until it dies, and then I will probably make the jump onto whatever's new. You know, that's a good thing about fitness bands. They're constantly updating and new and new versions. And every time around Christmas, you're gonna see something new. So, I'll probably uh, make the jump. What else? Uh, when we think about CES product-wise, what did you see? What was intriguing to you? Anything? Any aha or any shocking? Like, oh, whoa! I didn't. I didn't anticipate seeing this. Well. Really, the the shocking couple of things that I covered in my podcast was a the Amazon Alexa, so which I will call keyword from now on. Won the year again. Last year, booths would have it just sitting on the desk, just so you would stop. This year, everything integrates with it, everything, and Google Home was rarely to be seen. I mean, it was it was a, an oddity to see that. The ALEXA was everywhere. And so that's not that odd, right? We know that. It's popular. But this is the second year in a row. And that is an oddity for CES to have that momentum year after year. And I think it will just continue. They make the right steps. I think it it will continue. Now, the second thing was, is Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi and network security were huge. And that is something that we do cover on Reset pretty well in depth. And there were a ton of companies. I was on the plane. And right before we lifted off, I saw in my Twitter feed that Linksys just announced their new three-pack of mesh Wi-Fi access points. And instantly, I pulled the credit card out and paid for the Wi-Fi because I was like, well, I got to post. So uh, a lot of Wi-Fi, Jim. A lot of companies are out there, and they're, they're on the heels. They want some of that Eero and Luma action. Yeah, and do you think um, from a product standpoint, we're 
you know, everybody has a three pack, right? That's kind of, that's kind of where we've gone. Are we to the point where the average guy is ready for this mesh movement? Well, we'll I'll, I'll call the whole thing mesh, right? Knowing there's a product called mesh, but that's basically what these do, right? You buy multiple extenders and they all mesh together to become one SSID basically for you. Do you think from what you've done and you've tested a lot, is this ready for the average guy? I mean, can can we just start buying these things? Then they're expensive too. I mean, we're I talking three fifty to five hundred, right? I think we are. the 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 problem is, the average guy is used to sixty nine ninety nine on the shelf of Walmart, like a Belkin or a Linksys, and now all of a sudden it's three ninety nine and up, and he's asking himself, "Well, why?" And then you put good Wi-Fi into that home of the average guy and he's got zip zip speeds and he's like wow okay I'm paying for this I just wasn't using it all I I do think it, it is definitely ready for the masses they have got it to a point where it is just drop dead easy to install you get it out plug it in start the app that's the whole key Jim you pull out your slab of phone and you do it via that phone anything else and it's a fail but you can do it with that phone and never have to leave the phone in the old days you would get the phone out start the app and it would say okay we've created a wi-fi hotspot with your device please close this app connect to wi-fi and then come back to the app fail yeah. you're done a lot of a lot of home automation is still that way the yes. link is that way the plugs are that way right yes. Yes, but you're not saying anymore. Not anymore. Bluetooth, Bluetooth has changed that. The app will connect to Bluetooth without you even knowing it, and it configures it. You tell it your SSID that you want, your password that you want, and you're online in minutes. And I do think the average guy is ready for it. It is our job to convince that average guy that you probably are have subpar Wi-Fi compared to the internet connection that you're paying for. Now, that's not always the case, but it it was the case in my house for sure. Yeah, well, and you've got some square footage. I think here, you know, I'm at the 2,000 square foot up and down, you know, kind of two levels. I've got literally the router right in the middle of the house. It's sitting mm -hmm. right here, uh, right a foot from the, the ground floor or from the top floor here. And we get pretty good Wi-Fi here, but that's not I, that's not everybody's situation. I mean, you've, you guys in uh, in Reset fourteen, you guys talked about line of sight and metal walls and well, you know. pretty good, pretty good. Sometimes is not is not good. Yeah, it's like okay, it's livable. If I can't get it in this room, big deal. But I guarantee you, we take uh, the Netgear Orbi and put it in your house, and you're going to be like, wow. This is what Wi-Fi is. Wow, that's where you. That's I can already tell you, your house would be perfect for Netgear's product. Sure, sure, and and you guys kind of discussed that. Anything that you saw there physically when, when we think about when we think about when we thought when we think about this, if I can speak English, mm -hmm. this this area of of Wi-Fi. Anything you saw there that changed your mind on anything or any conversations you had? Because you guys yes. recorded 14 before you went to CES. So yes. anything changed your mind? I had seen it all, Jim. I ran into a company. At, I'm going to give you two. Okay, we're, gonna, we're on Wi-Fi. I think we can end it here. But 
two companies, Ubiquity Amplify. I had kind of set them aside saying, well, I got to do these other guys first. I got there and I got hands on with this product and I was, I was amazed. I was like, I need to test this. I need this now. It was, it looked that amazing. The second one is a company called Portal. Portal. Not the game portal, but portalwifi.com. These guys, I don't know how they did this, how they, they got these little shenanigans through the FCC. But they have, if you look at the 5.8 gigahertz uh, spectrum, Jim, there are two major channels. And your Wi-Fi router is on one of the two, guaranteed. There are three in between. And we don't use those. We're not allowed to use those. Somehow, they convinced the FCC that we need to use these. And if you take that portal router and place it into a spot of congestion, by which I mean a suburb, because if you open your phone and you search for, for Wi-Fi, you see tons. And you see a ton of them with 5.8 at the end. You know there's a lot of 5.8 gigahertz. So I don't know if you remember the Showstopper's venue. It's at the win. It's in a very large hall. I would say it's about a couple of football fields laid down, and there are booths all over it. Now, what they do now, Jim, they used to have Wi-Fi everywhere, but it doesn't work anymore because there's just too much. So what they do, every single booth, and there's probably about 200 at this show, has a Wi-Fi access point on a pole right over the head, right over the top of the booth, broadcasting wi-fi blasting it right down to this person that's what they got right there there are so, there is so much wi-fi then everybody that comes in with press with their access points they share their hotspots on their phones it's a wi-fi nightmare you can't get anything done and they will tell you they will caveat the conversation like okay demo this for me and they're like well wi-fi is in here in here is crazy so we've just created a video so Portal Wi-Fi guys, they were at Showstoppers, and they said, um, I said, let's test this. I said, I'm going to put you to the test. And I did uh, a fast. The, uh, Netflix has an app called Fast, and you, all it does is uh, download speed. And I tested it, and it was a, a whopping good speed right there at the table with uh, Portal. And he said, why don't you just go over there and test it? Well, I didn't just go over there. I went to the complete far end of the earth of the tables. Complete opposite corner. They were actually in a corner. I went to the complete opposite corner. The test was not good, Jim. It was not fast, but I connected. I pushed data. The test finished. And I was, I was blown away. It's a product that if you're in a busy 5.8 environment, then you're going to get connectivity with portalwifi.com. I, I was blown away. So, hey, hey, talk to me about this a little bit about this Netflix Fast. This is the first time I've I've heard of this app. Tell, okay, me, tell me a little bit about it. Everybody who's got an Android or iPhone, go to your app store and just search for Fast. And it's going to um come up with a, a speed looking let me make sure that i've got it here f-a-s-t fast 
So okay, I, I think this may be one of the interesting. I don't know how many in chat have heard of fast it before. Looks like, um, see that gauge right there and a number. It yep. is the most simplest app ever, and all you do is open the app and it starts a download test. It it is by Netflix. Netflix created it, and you don't need to test upload with Netflix, right? Just need some download. And it's a great way to instantly check where you're at and what your speed is. And so different from speed speedtest.net or their oh, app yeah. because it's, it's not, only testing it download? Test latency, it doesn't test pings. I, I don't think it tests latency. It may, but um, it doesn't do that searching for a server. It doesn't pop an ad up. It is like a seven meg download of an app. It's so simple. It's yeah, great right. to just leave it in your tools. There you go. Uh, running right there. there so, you go. and that it, it was it was testing gray, and then the black pops up. I'm assuming this is my download. Sixty six. Yep. This that point. is fast okay. right there. Yeah, it does all right. Quick little, if I want to refresh it, there's a little refresh button. We'll just run that. Uh, you can see it running in the background right there, yes. and it's going to okay, run. While we're podcasting, Jim, and <laughs> that's not too bad. 75, look, 74 for you. And I got 74. <laughs> and one thing is to give a little, um, give a little uh, shout out to Netgear. I'm running on an iMac and it is only on Wi Fi for this podcast. So, yeah. And I'm it was sure. it, actually early on, it was struggling a little bit. We're better now. The video was audio has been great, but, yeah. but uh, it well, might have been. Netflix downstairs does have priority. So yeah. just yeah, letting you know. And that's the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> the boss is down there watching Sex in the City. And who am I to be taking all that bandwidth, right? Yeah, no, you, that's, the, that's the right thing to do. All right. So <laughs> what else did you see when we think outside of the Wi-Fi stuff that you've been okay. paying attention to? So what else did things, you see grab your attention? I've got things that I've saved for you, Jim. Yeah. And I think you've talked about it, this in your um, pre-show. So let's talk about the home. Let's talk about a fridge cam. Now, first of all, it's a little camera and you put it on one of the little, like the mustard and the ketchup holders that are on the doors and you close it. So there's a webcam in your refrigerator. And if you're at the store, you can fire up your app for your fridge cam and it'll let you know you're out of eggs or you're out of ketchup. And it, it's got some smarts in it that talks to the app as well that you're out of such and such thing. Mm -hmm. So now that's cool. But you guys talked about the trash can cam. We did. So the trash can cam scans barcodes as trash goes in and auto replenishes from Amazon with a dash button. So look out on yeah, that one. I think Schoonover picked that up. I got a tweet from him today. <laughs> I think he did too. <laughs> and I think he picked it up. So we'll if you didn't get to last week's show, you need to go back and listen to That's that. That's too scary. Anything that has a dash button, uh-uh. I'm not doing it. You just don't trust it, do you? <laughs> no, I, I, I would not. I'm not good at that either. I kind of want to order it. We've used uh we've used the Amazon device to to just put it on the shopping list. And that mm -hmm. has really worked for us. That has been flawless. You know, we run out of something, Sarah says, just make sure it's on the shopping list and I'll pick it up. So that, that workflow has worked out great. Yeah. And we use, we shop with uh, the ALEXA. We have actually done orders and some, every once in a while, 
Amazon will tell you, hey, there's, uh, you get extra money off if you shop via ALEXA for this item. So I've done that before. So a uh, continuing on, there's uh, a connected toothbrush. Now the connected toothbrush will analyze your brushing habits. It'll also analyze what's going on in there and give you some feedback on how to improve your brushing habits. It also comes with games. So it makes a game out of brushing. I do not know the name of it. I did not write it down, but um, I'm, I'll try to do some homework for you, Jim, and we'll get this in your world-class show notes. <laughs> uh, in air quotes. You know, you talk about that toothbrush. We had, um, I went to the doctor or the dentist recently and had to get a crown. And this is, my my dentist is super high tech, like super high tech. He's always trying the latest and the greatest. And they now have this device that he uh, they they completely map the inside of your mouth with digital images. So he puts the device in there and you hear click, 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 click all these clicks and it's taking pictures. And he's got a monitor right next to a touchscreen monitor that is digitally building this 3D representation of the inside of your mouth in real time, nice. which I thought, oh, that's sweet. You know, so while it's kind of gross, it is all because you see everything, right? You, you go and you're like, wow, I've never seen that part of my tooth because it's way back there, right? right. Um, you know, when you think about a, a digital toothbrush, now it's not taking pictures, but it, it's got some, you know, one of the things a lot of people do is they press too hard, right? When they're brushing their teeth and it hurts your gums. If it's got to have a sensor in there to say, hey, lighten up, dude. <laughs> you know, <laughs> hey, right. lighten up. So there so could be is, some um, Colibri, K O L I B R E E dot com. And it's 79 pounds. I don't know what kind of money that is, but um, maybe uh, some of our, um, okay. our British folks can do that for us. It is on pre order and it won a CES Innovations Award. Wow. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's one of those things. I mean, teeth are. When they go wrong, they go terribly wrong. Oh, you just paid for a crown. <laughs> Tell me, you know. <laughs> yeah, they go terribly wrong. And the, the more, the better you can prevent. You know, I love, I mean, all this gadgetry that we have with lights and, and these uh, digital assistants, they're all great. But they're really the healthcare, you know, the Fitbit, the thing that helps us brush our teeth better, the things that keeps us, you know, those, those kinds of things. Those are really important because, I mean, they can make a big difference. Uh, and they, those can pay for themselves. I'm not, I'm not sure an LED $40 light really will ever pay for itself. Oh, the next two items, actually the next three items, you absolutely have to put on your must-have list. All right, keep going. The next one. Every homemaker should have an automatic shirt folder. Hmm. This is a large refrigerator-sized box, and it has clips on the top, and you clip the shirt into the clips. It, it doesn't take long at all. It just click it up there. These little arms suck the shirt in, fold it, and drop it into the bin below. I saw it work. It was pretty cool. The only problem is, is I peeved off the guy and by asking him if it would match socks. So I did not get my interview with the shirt oh. folding guy. Not that I wanted it. Yeah, it, didn't, like, it doesn't do socks, right? They're still not there. Socks? Yeah, so he didn't like me. It will, though. I think it will. I, I don't think it'll be very long before you can throw socks in there and it will be able to go through and find the ones that are you know, alike. I just want to dump. Actually, just to have the dryer fold the crap, please. 
fold it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the next one that. is. I love um, that one, by the way. I mean, again, yeah. real practical application. Leave in the morning, fill it up, come back, fold it. I've got video of of this device in action, and I will try to get that on my YouTube channel sometime soon. The next one super intrigues me. Now, I've, I've, I'm poking a, a little fun at some of these devices. Like, you know, this is fun stuff. This one, I want. I'm either going to finagle a review unit or I'm going to purchase it. And it's technology for the pool. If you own a pool, you know what a pain in the butt it is to take those little sticks, dip it into your pool water, bring it out, and try to analyze what the heck's going on with your chlorine, your bromine, your pH, uh, your pH level, and your alkalinity level, and your this level and that level. And this device floats in the pool. It has a cartridge that you replace every like six months to a year that has all the sensors on it. It will tell you your levels, report it back to an app. Not only will it tell you your levels, but it will recommend dosage. It has dosage instructions on how to treat the pool. Now, I didn't believe this guy. So I thought, all right, I'm, I'm Mr. Smarty Pants here because I used to have a pool and we're putting a brand new one into this house when, uh, when, the, when the place thaws out. So I thought, here, here I go. I'm going to get this guy. I was like, well, how do you know the correct dosing instructions? Because you have to know the exact gallons of that pool. And you probably should know the exact surface of the pool, whether it is gunite, vinyl, or fiberglass. And he pulls out his app and he goes, well, you just indicate that here when you uh, install the device, how many gallons and, and what type of pool it is. And, and we do the math for you. I'm like, ah. I was super soaked, stoked, Jim. I was like, that is the right answer. Tell me how much, if my alkalinity is low, yeah. tell me what to buy and how much to put in and how to do it. Because some, some you broadcast throughout the pool, some you put in the skimmer, some of it clumps at the bottom, you got to break it apart. And uh, I cannot wait. Now they go for, I found two of them. One was almost ready for market. The other one is going to be ready for market in July. I don't remember the link. It's sitting in a stack of business cards in my floor, but it's around $499. And you think, wow, that's expensive. That is nothing compared. Not with pool stuff. No, no it is not. No. When you buy, when you, trust me, I know all your pool people out there and you've had an above ground. Yeah. I know everybody out there is like, yeah, that's a little expensive, but man, that'd sure be nice. It, it for for that maybe, but you know if it if it does your chemicals right, this is the thing. Like the chemicals can be so expensive. If it can get your chemicals right, mm -hmm. um, the other thing, you know, it, it without you having to put anything in. I mean, wouldn't it be great if that thing could bounce around the pool and figure out it? It's you know it would bounce a little sonar off the bottom and feel around the outsides and go and really map it. I mean, like it'd be a Roomba for the pool, mm -hmm. and it would. You build a digital map and then go, okay, here's exactly the water I have. This is the space that I'm in. And then be able to do the, you know, the recommendation, send well, it, it to you. Long. And in fact, here's a dash button. Here's a perfect dash button too. It reorders the, uh, the chemicals for you yeah. when you know it, you're running some, short. Bring me some hazardous materials right to my doorstep via a drone. <laughs> Let's go. 
Oh, that's dangerous too. You that just think, dangerous. yeah, you just think about that. Well, you know, pool. Uh, uh, Ken says in chat, pool equals dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, and it does. Man, the it only expensive. other drain of your wallet would be a boat, and I'm segueing perfectly here because the next item is the drone fisherman. Oh, I saw that online. <laughs> underwater drone by PowerVision.me, and it will map fish on the bottom of the lake you can use vr goggles from google and see the fish be the fish swim with the fish you can also load a baiting mechanism on the front of the drone you can see you can video the fish grabbing the bait which is connected the drone's not doing the fishing the line is connected to this little arm on top of the uh, fishing drone and that line goes all the way back up to your boat and when there is action and tug on that it will release from that little arm and it's at that point it's just you and fish uh doing the battle that man has long done with fish and well, wait a minute rod. it uh, goes down and carries your line down with the bait and then it does it, does it strings it out there and does the hard work of finding the fish yes and it in front of it and as soon as he bites it, then it, lets it go. first person view in the goggles gym v freaking r fishing oh my God. that's hilarious this. could could I we be this. any could we be any lazier you know <laughs> now now don't get me wrong the technology is super cool i mean think about that like we we've often thought like vrar mm, I'm not sure anybody up until a couple minutes ago thought, hey, VR would be awesome for fishing. Like, I, awesome. I never thought that. Let's put minnows on my drone. <laughs> I'm going to make a, an underwater submarine drone that's going to hold the bait out and it's going to move it around so it makes it look like it's. But that's uh, exactly it's what happened is dude's flying his drone over the lake. He crashes it, it blurp, 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 goes down, and the camera was active for probably you know, a minute before it got completely engulfed. And he's like, you know, light bulb, ding. The guy's a millionaire now. Well, he, he, well, he's got, you got to sell these things. You, right. you know what the retail on that thing was? No, they, they were very hush-hush on this thing. Uh, it's not ready for market. The drone is ready for market. Uh, this, it, you can actually buy the drone and without it being the fishing thing and you can drive it around and take pictures of fish and i i asked him I was like you know how many lakes have you been in that have been crystal clear so all i'm going to take pictures of is mud he's like <laughs> yeah you know there <laughs> that's just me at yes green too. yeah i know but you're right yeah i mean a lot of lakes they're green murky you know, kind of, you know, the fish know how to get to it because they've got special eyes and yeah. that kind of stuff. But yikes, VR. Yeah. I love the idea, though. I mean, it really does. And I think you're right. You know, it's that guy who crashes drone into the water. Yeah. Well, how many <laughs> fish do swim up to that, you know, that two-foot-long thing that's whirring? I yeah. guess fish are curious. No, I bet if, they, if it looks good. Uh, Rennie, mm. Rennie says that in chat, that'd be great on the barrier reef. And that, hey, that's no lie. It's super crystal clear out there. Yeah, you'd probably get so, arrested. Well, it but, has a but, light too. So yeah. it's like fishing with hand grenades. It has a blue light that's supposed to attract <laughs> the fish. Yeah. Well, and 
and you know how often have we seen drones fly away on people you know they get out of range and <laughs> they don't pull them back in before right. it gets out, and that thing just goes right i've heard those stories there would be i would imagine there would be these stories too where these you know an untethered underwater drone you think it's coming one way it's really going the other gets out of radio range and you're going to the marianas trench right, right. it's it's going uh, no recovering that thing <laughs> and lord knows how much these cost we just now got the aerial drones to a point where we can afford to fly them away but this yeah. thing is going to hey, be expensive you got a drone right uh, over the holidays how, what do you th- what do you think what'd you get I got a DJI Phantom 3. Now, I'm going to say it standard. This is unlike me, Jim, <laughs> to go into something at the base level. Usually I go full bore, but like you, I have heard of folks, you know, lifting off in their living room and crashing it through, you know, the Christmas tree or just lifting off in the driveway and having it, you know, gone. It, it's in Illinois now. Um, yeah, it's still flying. <laughs> it's still going. Hopefully it's not solar power because <laughs> it's still flying. <laughs> it's still going. So there, if you actually are an adult and you read not only the directions that come with the drone, but you do a little research online about some, you know, things to do prior, like maybe you should calibrate the compass. Hey, there's a novel idea. The other thing is, Jim, is what people do is they don't properly set the home. So what they'll do is they'll fly at their house, right? And it knows, okay, it takes off. It says setting the home point. Now, the home point is a GPS coordinate where if you get out of control or you lose battery or lose connection, that drone comes automatically to home. It will go automatically to home. You, you could turn the controller off. It'll come to your driveway in a couple minutes later. So what these boneheads are doing, they've done that. They're like, yeah, okay, I'm going to the big park across town, and here we go. Well, they take off or they do something stupider, and they throw it in the air. They don't calibrate the compass. It gets out of wonk, and they're like, return to home. And it goes, flies away. (laughs) (laughs) It's going home. Well, it can't make it home because it only runs 20 minutes on the battery. So it's in a lake or someone's backyard from the big park to, you know, Redneck's house. I, there are things that you can do to alleviate these things, Jim. I love it. I love it. Redneck's house. That's now, awesome. Have you found a drone? Have you ever found a drone? No. Have you been out and seen one? I have not. But this Redneck loves flying mine. I. <laughs> it is exhilarating i will wake up and check the weather i have an app jim where i check the weather if it's going to be good to fly you know in the daylight hours and it'll tell me you good to fly at 2 p.m like yes and uh it's awesome yeah you've enjoyed it you've enjoyed it have you done it's got a camera on it i assume it does it has a 2.7k it's not a 4k but it's about twice 1080p so it gives gives you a really good resolution and it's one of those things where you know the boys think it's really cool but you know sometimes the rest of the family's like yeah whatever you've got your little drone you know put it in the air and i was like come over here and look at this and you show them the sunset you know from 200 feet in the air and they're like wow that's pretty sharp and 
when you see my most favorite thing to do, Jim, is to bring it up about four to 10 feet and then just mash the stick complete up and complete back. And it just, it goes up and away from you at such a high rate of speed. And you have that camera focused on you and the rest of the people standing around you. It is something to behold, Jim. It is the coolest thing. I cannot tell you. It is awesome. So my mistake was I went for the cheap one. Not, not that it's cheap. It was 400 bucks. It's entry level. Now it only goes about what a thousand a thousand feet. I've had mine up to about nine hundred feet before oh. it started before it started saying I'm losing yeah. signal and I got yeah. chicken and I brought it back. But it's kind of fun to fly it over your neighbor's house at like three hundred feet. You can't hear it. You put it way up there. Yeah. You can see yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's a whole different perspective. We've we've had um we've had an artist here in the Omaha area who's been flying it over historical areas and downtown and some of those cool things and then putting those videos out with a little bit of music. I think that's pretty cool. Like I think that perspective is really cool to have, you know, he's flying over the roofs of things and you know, different different areas that are being worked on. I love that perspective. It is really neat, Jim. And you can put it in a mode where it takes a little to get used to it, but you can put it into a mode where you highlight a certain thing. Let's say your house. So you take it up to 100 feet. Look around for trees. Make sure there's none in your general direction. That's the other thing that these uh, geniuses do. And you tap the house. And then it'll tell you, okay, fly out the arc that you want. So then you fly it, like, say you're over the middle of your house. Now fly out to the street, straight line, and then stop, and then tap the screen again, and then say, go. And it will do a complete circle with the camera trained on that one spot. And it'll do this beautiful circle around this device. And I guarantee you, that guy is flying those patterns. Yeah. and showing those those monuments and things. Yeah. And you can do this with a $400 drone. 400 bucks. Yeah. Now the yeah. Uh, the more expensive ones can go out uh quite a distance. You can go out 3 miles, some even 4 miles. Now that's technically against FAA regulations which when you get a drone, you have to register it with the FAA, tell them the serial number, the model number and then you get an FAA registration number. You have to put it on your drone. So if you do crash it in a senator's backyard, he's going to look you up and you're going to jail, right? Because you lost visual contact with your drone. And there's there's a stigma about these things as in, I think like skateboarders used to get, right? When skateboarders are hitting rails in your shopping mart and in front of the Dairy Queen and you're like, go away, you little brats. Now, now these brats are older, they have money, and they're flying these little buzzy things like maniacs in the air. So, Yeah. We, we, I was, where was I at? I was at a race, I think. I was at a running race, and the, the race had, I think, contracted with a drone guy, gal, mm -hmm. whatever, to fly over the race as we were doing it. And they were, you know, they were coming in and doing, taking shots and taking pictures. People love that stuff, right? That's kind of mm -hmm. part of the... You know, so it's kind of part of the experience. So I think mm -hmm. those are some great tools, too, to see, you know, again, you can get a completely different perspective. Mm -hmm. I think there'll be a day 
when they're fully programmable in a way that you just set them on a course. We get we had a couple of years ago some guys at the University of Nebraska at Lincoln while working on markers that farmers could put out in fields to say, you know, do this or do that. And the, the drones would take off in the morning and could run the route, you know, run the rounds basically of these of hundreds of miles of farms and, and take pictures of certain areas or whatever um, to help the farmers. And I, I think that's right. a great, and they're probably already doing that now. This was a couple huge years commercial ago. interest. Jim, yeah. I saw a drone with sprayers, spraying arms on it. And I went out to the desert and like I said, CES, I kind of choose the things that I want to see. I don't necessarily cover drones, but this interests me. I, I had this epiphany and I ended my podcast on this epiphany, but like a surface hub at a police station, some emergency happens, right? And this guy's got a map. He can see car nine. He can see car seven. And he said, oh, car six, you're the closest. Get over there. Oh, I've got a drone vehicle a mile away. Drone vehicle, go ahead and go up and then get over this emergency area right now. And this guy's standing at this huge surface hub, manipulating the map. He's getting the feed back to him of the video and he can make decisions instantly if something goes wrong. Now, okay, Dave, you're, you're in surface geek, la la land, but I watched a demo of a drone they had this beautiful lamborghini out in the desert and i was like what are they doing with this car so what they did is they they got a drone in the air with this ginormous camera and somebody got in that lamborghini and hauled balls jim took off <laughs> you could hear this thing from miles away so someone had the drone controller another guy standing behind beside him had the camera controller so two guys were manipulating this drone. One was flying it and one had the camera on this guy. And that Lamborghini was miles away and that camera never left that car. It was it was a sight to see and it makes your commercial juices start to flow and it's like wow, this has many many applications to come. Yeah. No, right on. Lot, lots there. And lots of new privacy laws to think about, too, of That's what are we going to allow? Yeah, no, That's right the on. stigma behind this thing that um, it's not popular to some folks right now. Yeah, yeah. no, it's privacy versus convenience versus security. Right. And, you know, we've got that. Well, as we, Dave, as we got a few more minutes, anything else stand out to you from a, from a Home Gadget Geek perspective there at CES? Well, all home gadget geeks love TVs and CES is all about the TVs. And you may have covered this already, but there were a couple of standouts. Now it's, it's hard in the sea of manufacturers to stand out with a television, but LG has managed to do so. I want everybody sitting down right now. Even uh, if you're driving, do not reach for the ashtray. Grab three quarters, stack those three quarters up. And you have the thickness of the new LG wallpaper TV. It weighs, I think, 17 pounds, Jim. It's like a laptop. You I mean, attach it, it to the like wall. It's like an old laptop, right? I mean, you it's crazy. attach it to the wall with a magnet. It sticks to the wall. I literally thought that little dude was going to go up to the LG TV and lick the back of it and slap <laughs> it on the wall. It was so thin. But he didn't. Thank God. 
So they oh. install magnets. So you put a, a magnet mount. You screw to this the wall. magnet plate to the and wall, then, and then you slap it on the wall. And Jim, you not only can reposition it, but you can hold one end of the TV and peel it off. And in that peeling motion, it's curving. Yeah. So remember two or three years ago when they said, hey, there's one day we're going to roll out a piece of paper and we're going to read the digital image on it. It's all, it's getting close. Getting closer. And it, they've got an angle. I, I think I saw an article where they got an angle. It's like 17 or 19 degrees or something that that, I mean, and you think that's a big TV to be moving that much. Yeah. And it's, and it's yeah. pulling out. Pretty impressive. Light, easy to install. Now, it also had a, did you see it had a, um, uh, the the controller went into the wall and then came down. It was like a ribbon cable, and then that came out of the bottom of the wall like right into a sound bar. And it basically. does connect to a sound bar that's just a little smaller than a Volkswagen Beetle, but <laughs> it's pretty big. <laughs> it is pretty big. It is pretty big. It would not fit anywhere that I could put a TV, but I can't consume an entire wall like that. A lot of people are going to. And it's going to be expensive to begin with. And they didn't release any prices. Everybody's saying about eight grand yeah, that eight this thing's going to come out at eight grand. Too. Yeah. And I, they may be even more expensive than that. But it does but have a huge soundbar. Oh, dude, by next year this time, I bet 3,000. Soundbars will be half the size. Yeah. yeah. Next yeah. year. Yeah. Two quarters. Well, that Two. is probably the most practical uh thing i saw at ces as far as you know you see some of these things like yeah, yeah you know the pools the fishing things the drones right but this is like a consumer grade and again it'll be super expensive for the next year or so but when that design makes its way from 30 to 50 to 70 inch screens mm -hmm. dude, that that'll change this will i i think it this will be like, was already 55 and 65 inches yeah this will be like when we change from projector to flat screens. Yes. Right? I, yeah. I think it'll be that big of a deal. Yeah. Well, it's neat, Jim, to to watch the progression with a company like this because this is a 4K OLED, organic light-emitting diodes, which put out the most bright and pure light imaginable. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Three, four years ago, they were showing OLED panels that were 7 to like 12 inches in size. And they were like, this is the future. And this is $19,000 for this eight inch screen. And now look where we're at. It, it was, it's really neat to, when you follow this business, to see how they're doing as a whole. No, right on. I, that is, that's the legit technology that will make its way into the market in the next 12 months that will really change things. And uh, I think we'll, you know, it's too bad because <laughs> we all bought new TVs <laughs> like a year or two ago that, uh, you know, everybody, it's like, oh my God. So now I've got to reconfigure, get this, get that. But I do think eh, it might be two or three years before they get into that, you know, under sub 1000, right? Maybe. It's going to be a while. And hopefully, um, and companies like Samsung and Sony are, are coming out. Sam Samsung has a, uh, I believe they call it a QLED. And Sony has an OLED as well. And they're, uh, they're just doing TVs, Jim. I mean, it's got a little bitty bezel. It's pretty thin. And they're bringing OLED to the masses. That's going to be your TV, is the 4K OLED. And then, uh, I mean, everybody had 8K TVs. You know, you, there's always one in the corner. 
8K. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. But we're just not ready for it. I mean, we're we're not even ready for 4K content, let alone 8K content. So no, no, the content hasn't caught up to the. the this is like the early the up. early days of Blu-ray, right? Yeah. When we had Blu-ray, but no, nobody had anything ready for it, right? And it yeah. was uh, now the now the hardware has gotten out way ahead of the content, and so it's it's yeah nobody's nobody's streaming that that's for sure. I mean, very few people are streaming 4K. So uh, we got a ways to go. Well, that's um, actually, that's a really cool, I'm, I'm glad you kind of wrapped it with that. That I think is the, that is the, the jewel, I think, of CES. When I saw what I saw, I mean, there, again, there were some really cool gadgetry type stuff, but man, that TV was cool. And I think that's something to look for. That'll go mainstream pretty quick. I can't, could you see any reason, you know, sometimes we see these concepts at CES and then they never come to market. Do you get the fee? Did you get the feeling like this was going to be a while or, I mean, Man, it looked, at least on the videos I saw, it looked like it could be ready tomorrow. Yeah, I, I get the feeling this one's coming. Um, the only thing is, it, depending on the feedback that the brass got at the shows about whether this would go into high-end homes. I mean, that's what they need. They need high-end buyers to buy into this thing. And that's what pays the R&D costs, you know selling those TVs that first year. We all remember I bought a rear projection TV for $4,000. Don't know what I was thinking, but it was the best at the time, right? Where is it now? Yeah, it's Lord knows what <laughs> pit it is rusting away in. I think I sold it though. I don't know. Ground up and uh, used for fish bait. It's in Alamogordo, yeah. New Mexico with yeah. Centipede and uh, E.T., Hey, as we wrap it, what uh, what's ahead on uh, reset? What do you got? Uh, what do you got coming up? Reset is oh, it's it's there, Jim. I have so many topics; it's crazily uh, overwhelming me. Now, I do have some some cord cutting to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, Google Fi. We're going to talk about uh, automated locks. I've got some things like that, and we're also gonna we're gonna jump back into the Wi-Fi. And one big thing this year at CES was home security. One of my big uh, finds last year was this little square box called uh, Circle. And I'll be dang if there weren't a, another dozen or two companies out there. Uh, Bitdefender, Norton, everybody and their dog had a box that would plug into your network and parental controls and secure your network. So. Yeah. Those, those just need to get built in. They need I'll be to be honest. Built in. They There's, just need to be built in. Yeah. yeah somebody needs to I buy agree. those. You mentioned that on the podcast. Somebody just yeah. needs to buy that. Somebody buy Circle, please. Just buy Circle right. and just put it in there. Although, you know, you know, I'm an open DNS guy. And you, you, you kind of came out and were like, look, I'm not going to sign up for that. I poo-pooed it with, the, yeah, uh, with yeah. the Netgear product. Yes, I did. Oh, right on. Now, that would have worked well for me. Um, interesting. As you. You, yeah, that would have worked great for me. You need Netgear. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> you are probably right. Well, Dave, thanks for uh, thanks for downloading with us on CES. Good to have you. I kind of, I'm not going to lie, man. I kind of miss podcasting with you. We just it's don't fun. get the we don't get the the regular podcasting anymore. And uh, and but I'm I'm super glad you're doing reset. And um, it's, well, it's even it's more fun when you I can come onto someone else's show, yeah. and be alone, and and get excited about all my geekery. And when we hit the stop button, I'll just go to bed. And you 
Jim Collison have to do all the work. <laughs> yes. Yeah, isn't that great? Like great. now you know how I I freeloaded off of you for all those years. Yeah, but I wouldn't let you leave. You're like Jim. You're like Dave. Oh, I, Dave I don't I'm, know. I probably should go around show two hundred. I'm like the heck you are. I'm kind of freeloading, Dave. Maybe I had to go somewhere else. But you know what though? It's tons of fun. It's great yeah. to have you here. And I think now we'll have you on even is uh, more often than we can. I think I'll just freed a little time up for you as well. And life situations have changed. And so we'll try and get you back on is we find great things just like this to talk about that play nicely yeah. in the space. Well, and, big thanks to your, your live audience and, and all your listeners. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Now it's a good group. Uh, uh, you haven't been live in a while, right? Jim, I changed. Yeah. It is when Dave, Feels like podcasting, Dave will podcast because life is so crazy. And you warned me back when we started podcasting. You like, you're like, Dave, you got a one year old. Things are gonna change. I'm like, things aren't gonna change. Two years later, you're like, Dave, you have a three year old and a one year old. Things are gonna change. I'm like, things are not gonna change. And then, oh my God, in the last two years, I'm like, Jim, things are changing. I, yeah, I can't keep a schedule. Now, kids are hard. It's hard at that age to to be consistent. You know, and work. and. I don't have any problems being here every Thursday at 8 p.m. Central. I mean, it's yeah. just my life where it's at. I mean, everything lines up that way. But it's super hard to do it with kids. I do envy you as I've watched you do this non-live. You can get the guests whenever you want. You can schedule those out. You know, I kind of go, huh, maybe, you know, because I have done a Thursday night podcast for mm -hmm. six years. <laughs> you know, it's a change. It is yeah. a change, but what I've learned is you can have a podcast in the can, and if you get the sniffles, you just hit publish. Yeah, done. Yeah, no. Now the good news, I'm rarely sick, so that never kicks yeah. in here. But I've thought about it. I'm not going to well, do it. Life but, jumps uh, up, you know, yeah. like hey, get out of Omaha and come to Chicago. We got yeah. something for you to do. It's like, oh, okay. Although you know, with my audience, I can just say, guys, we're skipping a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, you know, everybody lets me off the My audience, so. the home service show audience, like, guys, I got to skip a month. I'm sorry. <laughs> or two in some <laughs> cases. Well, Dave, good to have you back. And uh, Thanks, great, sir. great, great podcasting with you. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of bring, hey, uh, uh, Loria, by the way. So, uh, you know, we, I got a, a thing on my phone that six years ago, you know, I got one of those uh, reminders from Facebook. Six years ago, you, me, Tim DeLeo, Callie Lewis. You remember that? Oh, that picture. Yeah, showstoppers, showstoppers, right? Yeah, um, that's the first time I met her, and I met her twice since then in person. Mm -hmm. She, um, and she came to Omaha. I've seen her twice since then. She's uh, she's coming on the podcast next week, so nice. we'll have her live uh, here next Thursday. I can't believe I never asked her. You know, that's one of those things. Kind of, you know, for me, it's like she's a big deal, and it's like, well, you know, I like to have kind of this. Uh, I like to have the community podcast. We invite guys on from the community, and you know, we you know that. And, uh, but one day I was like, you know, I should just ask her, like, she, she can just say no. She said yes. So next week, Loria Petrucci is coming on. We're going to talk big gadgets with her. I'll get her rundown on CES too okay. and what she liked and some of those things. She'll have a good show us some good feedback. So if you're, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, come back next week would be a great week. I know I told you that was this week because I, I got my weeks mixed up, but hopefully <laughs> you came out. We had a good, good live audience tonight. And oh, great, Jim. So everybody's expecting Callie Lewis. <laughs> And now look up at you, Dunn. I know. It's all right. Ken, Ken, Brian, Peter, Mark, 
Rennie, the, all, all the regulars, Quasi, Emily, good to see you out there. Other Jim, Drashna, Tony, and John, good to see you guys this week. Thanks for coming out. Nobody said, hey, where's where's Loria? No one said that. <laughs> so it's good. She'll be back. She'll be here next week. And uh, I'll remind you all, take advantage of the Patreon support link we have out there at theaverageguy.tv if you want to financially support the show. Dave mentioned that earlier. We both got uh, fired from Amazon. And so we've moved completely to Patreon, or I have at this point. You can head out there, find the Patreon link, or go to theaverageguy.tv slash support. That'll get you there as well. You can, you can contact the show. Send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv. You always can find me on Twitter at jcollison. Dave, is, uh, you're at McKayBio now on That's Twitter it. as well. Is that where you're at? So follow That's Dave it. for all the things that he is doing. Don't forget the AverageGuy.tv platform, both web and media hosting, both powered by Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and trust. That's Christian. He just went through a bunch of massive upgrades for hardware there, and a lot of SSD went in, and it's lightning fast. Plans as inexpensive as $10 a month, and is podcasting um, optimized. So if you're thinking about doing that, you don't want to spend a lot each month to get that done. Because Dave, you know, Lipson and hosting and all that stuff, that can run you 25, 30 bucks a month, right? If you're... It's expensive. I pay, literally, I pay hundreds in supporting three podcasts, security, hosting, VPNs, software yeah. for backups. Crazy. Christian, Christian, to get you started, 10 bucks a month, uh, a very inexpensive way to get you in. He's optimized it for podcasting. So if you're interested in doing that, head out to maplegrovepartners.com. We'll thank Roger at WLMN Radio for broadcasting us live each week out there in Grafton, West Virginia. And you can also listen to Home Gadget Geeks on our, our Android or iPhone app. I mentioned that in the beginning of the show. We thank LastPass for their incredible sponsorship of the show here. Good friends uh, to all the network shows and all that they do. They're great friends over there at LastPass. Head out to HomeGadgetGeeks.com and download that app today to get it done. Again, best way to listen to the show live uh, when you're mobile and we're always constantly mobile and on the road. We are live every Thursday. Mentioned at 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern now at TheAverageGuy.tv live. Uh, we'll... Uh, Welcome you back next week. Give us some feedback on this one. Head over and listen to Reset at McCabe.io. And with that, we'll say goodnight, everybody.